0: Well, hey there, how you doing? Welcome back to my YouTube channel. Well, I wanted to uh, share a new witness I came across recently, this is uh, Marty, and uh, he's a friend of someone who I featured in Dark Matter Monsters, uh, Terry, who had a Bigfoot encounter in the mountains right outside of Salt Lake City. And Marty told me of an experience that he had, a couple experiences with Terry, that I really found very interesting. I think you're going to enjoy this. Uh, As I wrote about in Dark Matter Monsters, these encounters are often accompanied by strange and unexplainable time slips, missing time. Uh, There was another witness in Dark Matter Monsters, Lauren, if you'll remember who I mentioned is going for a hike in Rocky Mountain National Park with a friend, and they're, they remember going about 20 minutes into the forest, and then all of a sudden they're back in the parking lot uh, with no explanation how they got back to the parking lot, and a couple hours have gone by. Well, this is kind of similar with this witness I'm going to share with you in a moment. Uh, if you'll remember uh, in that video I made about how Putoff's lecture to the SSC Urban Meeting in... 2018 in Las Vegas he talked about permittivity changes and changes in the speed of light. Permittivity being the sort of electrical structure of space, its resistance to change and so forth. Its ability to hold its own sort of frame of reference. And Hal told us that he believed that UFO materials can alter the permittivity of space-time which would change the speed of light, materials that could literally change the speed of light for that particular frame of reference. And to us, those objects would look blue shifted. Uh, And you can review uh, Hal's lecture here. I'll put the link up right here if you haven't seen that. Well, it turns out one of Hal's colleagues, Ken Shoulders, who worked at SRI, in the area of microelectronics uh, before the remote viewing program started in the 1960s. Uh, he also talked about these changes in permittivity for charge clusters, electron charge clusters that he called exotic vacuum objects. And he made the same point that Hal did, which is that these clusters of particles achieve another state of self-organized coherency and also change the permittivity of space itself, which would change the speed of light for that particular cluster of particles. And that means they wouldn't interact with our ordinary matter uh, the same way that we're used to with objects that are around us that are relatively similar to us in frequency and temperature. So these charge clusters really go a long way to explain, and I'm talking about orbs, ball lightning, and so forth. These are around uh, these particular life forms and these phenomena, and they result in a type of missing time experience for witnesses. And this is what I think is going on. There could be other other explanations, but I think this is the simplest explanation. So. Uh, We'll be talking about this more in the future because this missing time aspect of encounters with so-called paranormal phenomena is, you know, it's it's very uh, consistent among, you know, it's consistently reported from witnesses and I've talked to people who've experienced it uh, even around crop circles. So I think it's a fascinating aspect of this whole phenomena that they're life forms that have a different space-time structure than we're in in our typical reality, and it results in a lot of interesting experiences. So why don't you take a listen to Marty's uh, stories here. I think you'll enjoy them, and we'll see you soon. Take care for now, bye. Okay, we're rolling, and this is Marty? Yeah. Marty, hi. Hi. So Marty's got some stories to tell us of very interesting things that have happened.
1: Please. Okay, so first of
0: all, Um,
1: I'm not on any barbiturates or pharmaceuticals or anything like that or Mm -hmm. nothing. And these really did happen and they happen all the time to me. And, uh, I'm going to tell you about this one because the girl that Terry, that I went into Bryce Canyon with, which will be the second story I tell you, got me involved in this type of thinking and opening up to all that is and and, uh one night we took off and went up into little cottonwood canyon here in salt lake city and we were just waiting around and just looking at the stars and and all of a sudden because we were facing the valley in the salt lake valley this little teeny weeny orb came flying Right at us, and we ducked, and it went between us, shoo, like this. Really? and we're like, "Holy smoke!" Did you see it? I said, "Yeah." And I'm looking in the back seat because I, I, I didn't know what it was. I'm like, "Oh my god!" And we thought so we talked about it a little bit. You were driving? Like,
0: no, we're we're parked. Parked in the car. It comes parked. right over the car, right
1: a... into the car. It gets into we the moved car. Out of the way because it went right <sighs> into the back seat. Got it. Got and we're it. like, "What the heck was that?" You know, this is back in two thousand. One or two. Anyway, so I got home, dropped her off, and I got home and uh, and went upside. And I, as soon as I walked in the door, there was a, my roommate had a cat. And the cat was sitting on the top of the, the railing, looking at me, hissing, and <laughs> like this. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? I mean, this cat loved me. I mean, what is going on? So I walked around it, and I mean, it finally just took off. I'm like, what the heck? I walk upstairs and this gets a little bit personal. So I had to go to the bathroom and I went into the bathroom to go to the bathroom. And, and I and I didn't want to leave my, I don't know why. I just I didn't want to leave my back to the door. So I got to the side of the toilet and I went to the bathroom and I was like, what is going on? And, and I went into my room and I shut the door. And I got into bed and I'm laying there and all of a sudden the door is going clink, 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 and I'm like, what the heck is going on? I had a chandelier on a chain on the ceiling and all of a sudden it started moving like this and it started moving so heavy and and the door's like this and I finally, I'm like, Oh my God. I said, I threw the covers over my head. I said, I'm not ready for this. I'm just not ready for this. Okay. And I and I threw the cover over my head and I was on my side and I could look out to, to my nightstand. All of a sudden it was a pop and a light, like an old Polaroid camera. Bam! Like this. And I'm like, Oh my God. I said, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And I covered my head and that was that. And I just, this lady, you know, listened to the door, rattled for another 15, 20 minutes. And, and I know that the, the chandelier, the chains. This is not it. an earthquake. No, no. This this went on for a while. <laughs> no earthquake. Here in this Salt Lake one. City. Yeah. 15, 20 minutes. Anyway, so Terry and I became very good friends. And uh, I started doing some more work with her. And uh, a few years later, I get a phone call her about four o'clock in the afternoon. It was the end of an end of October, and she says to me, "I just got a message. We have to go to the desert." <laughs> I kind of laughed. I'm like, "Okay, when?" She goes, "Now," and I'm like, "Now it's four o'clock in the afternoon. You know, this is going to be dark in, in two hours." She goes, "We got to go now," and I'm like, "Okay, fine." So, got ready. Went and picked her up, and we headed down south and. We got outside of Bryce National Park and we stopped, had a couple pieces of pizza, and then we went into Bryce National Park, Bryce Canyon. And we got to a place where we were driving through. Of course, it's the end of October, there's nobody around anywhere. We saw no traffic at all. And it's dark and it's probably about nine. And she goes, Pull over here. And there was a road with a chain across it. And so I pulled in and she goes, It's down there. And I'm like, and I'm, I'm kind of giggling to myself, I'm going, we're going to walk down to the middle of the woods at, at, at night at like 9, 9.15. Because I knew I knew what time it was, because we when we entered Bryce, it was probably just before 9. So I'm thinking 9.15. I said, okay, so we walked down this road, maybe a quarter mile. Then we walked for a while, maybe 10 minutes, okay? And she goes, right here. And we turned around, and we're facing the road that we came in on, because it was all foresty and stuff. And... And there was a, like a small moon and, and possibly a uh, a few clouds and stuff up up in the sky. So it wasn't like pitch black. It was it was great that we could see and we were, we weren't you know in any trouble. Anyway, so we're we're sitting there. We're looking around. All of a sudden, it seemed it looked like a beam of light, like a big one, like huge. Like somebody had a flashlight and it turned it on, and then turned it off off to the right. I'm like, wow! Did you see that? You And we're just kind of, they not, are not even really speaking. I'm talking because I like to speak. And all of a sudden, boom, there's one over there. 20, 30 seconds later, boom, one over there. And we're like, I said, are you watching this? She goes, yeah, I don't know what it is. And they, boom. And when I'm looking around and boom, one over there. And they weren't making noise. It was just big flashes of light. And... And I'm I'm looking and I'm looking at the road we came in on and I'm seeing some movement and I'm like, what is that? And I didn't want to say anything to Tira because I didn't want her to think I was, you know, hallucinating or anything or or out of my mind. Even though, of course, we're out there in the middle of nowhere waiting for somebody to come and see us. Anyway, so we're watching the lights and and. I'm watching the, the movement seems to be getting closer. The next thing I know, she grabs my right hand, because she was on my right, and she's squeezing my hand, and I'm like, what is going on? And I looked over her, and I'm like, I didn't say anything, and I'm, now I'm looking at the road again, and, and literally, there's something coming down the road, and it was like, uh, it was, I could see through it, but it was shimmering, like, and there was, I want to say there might have been color in it, but I, could, I, I can't be sure. It kind of reminded me of the movie uh, with the, um, the Predator when when the, the um, alien would go invisible, but you could see him on TV. You could see him in the movie, of course, because it was like shimmering. Anyway, they're coming closer, and finally I, I'm, I'm like, okay, I got to say something to her, because it's like now 25 feet away from us. And, and they're there. I mean, I can see. You know, maybe they look like six, seven foot tall, really skinny beings that were shimmering, kind of, but not like bright. Just you could see them. And I looked over at her, and she's got my hand, and I said, "Terry, do you?" And I looked up, and there's a there's an orb, probably the size of a volleyball, right maybe 15 feet away, 10 feet in the air, and I'm like, holy smokes, and she saw it, and she let go, and she goes, they want to download something to us, I know it. I said, I could see them, You know, I said, do you see them? She goes, yes, they want to download something. And we, she threw her hands out like this, and so I did. <laughs> And I'm like, this is so weird. You know, we're perfectly straight, no liquor, nothing. And I'm watching this, and she's watching it, and now they're right around us, and they were so benevolent, and they were just so nice. And I could feel them on, you know, on my shoulder, and they, with this right there, and all our fingertips on both of our hands, and all our fingers were orange, and they felt like somebody was blowing on them. And I'm, and I'm looking down at her, like smiling, like this going. can't believe this is happening. And then, boom. The next thing I know, we're on the road and a hundred feet from the car or so. We're just over back at the car and we're not talking. We got into the car and she goes, go across the street. I know there's a parking lot up there someplace so we can look down on the canyon. And I said, okay. So I pull in and we get out of the car and we're looking down on this canyon. And I can't tell you which one it was, but the lights were still going off, boom, you know, boom. And I'm looking at him and I'm, and I'm and I'm. it's very cold. It's really cold now. I'm cold. I said, we need to get back in the car. This is too cold. I mean, this is really cool. That, let's get back in the car. So we got back in the car. and went back to where we had parked and I backed in. I said, why don't we just look at the sky? Maybe we could see something up in the sky. And I put the, the, the uh, moon roof back and I, Grabbed the switch on my seat and I put it back. And as soon as I let go of it, I nodded so heavy, it snapped my neck off. I mean, it was really huge. nod. I'm like, wow, what a big nod that was. And she goes, me too. And I'm like, and I happened to look over and I'm looking at the time. It's 1230 in the morning. We were not in Bryce, we got into Bryce at 9, nine fifteen. We weren't down on that road for more than 15 minutes, max. So I'm like, "Broom!" <laughs> and we took off down the road and about five or 10 minutes later, I said, why did we leave? She goes, I don't know. I said, and then we were talking about it. The last thing we were both remembered was our hands were, our fingertips were orange and they were all around us and it was benevolent. And then it was three hours later and we're in the car. And to this, you know, up until a couple of years ago, we never knew. And I had just traveled around the world a couple of years ago. This was years after this particular adventure to Bryce. And when I got back, I decided I wanted to move to Portugal. So I got all my paperwork together. I'm going to go for my dual citizenship in Italy because my, my father was Italian. and And... Um, kept running into walls with things. I mean, one was my divorce papers. I wasn't divorced. They didn't have any here for my divorce papers. <laughs> oh, I said, okay, I'll just lie about that. And then all, all these things kept happening. And then Bring, my phone rings and I'm trying to get all this paperwork together. And I'm, I'm at the Capitol building and it's Terry. And I hadn't talked to her in a couple of years, you know, because I've been you know, living in Maui and I went around the world playing music and and she goes, uh, how you doing? I said, good, good. What's up with you? She goes, well, you're not going to Italy, are you? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> in, in just a couple of few days, four or five days. She goes, well, I had a dream about you last night and us. And we were on a plane flying into Milan. And I'm like, that's where I was flying into. And she goes, the plane landed and then all hell broke loose. And I'm like... She goes, I wouldn't be going to Italy right now if I was you. And I'm like, hey, let, let me get back to you. Click. I'm like, oh, my God. So I thought about it, all, the, all of the, the walls I've been hitting. And so I decided to call off the trip because I was going to have to go for three months because you have to spend 90 days here to get your dual citizenship. And I was going to fly into Milan, take a train to Lecce, and then hang out there for three months. And, you know, we're talking four dollars 5000 $6,000. So I canceled everything. And this was in February, the end of February in 2020, when COVID first decided to hit and it hit Milan. Five days later, it hit Milan and I wouldn't have been able to get anything done. I would have lost a few thousand dollars. And so thank you, Terry. So anyway, so I got back in touch with her and I went to see her and I, decided, I said to her, hey, do me a favor because she's a hypnotherapist as I am. And I said, can you put me deep into trance? Because I'd really like to know what happened in Bryce. Why did, how come we lost three hours of time? I said, but so just bring me to the place where we both, you know, forgot where what, what, what that happened. When we just, when the last thing we remember happened, which was we're standing there with our fingers, hands out, and the fingers were orange, and they were around us, and we were happy. And, and then boom, it was three hours later. So she Puts me into hypnosis and i'm deep and and she's just talking to me and and i'm just kind of at the moment of time where we we lost time and and all of a sudden my body jerks and she goes hey are you okay i said yes because i'm in i'm in trance you know and and i felt my body spinning straight up in the in the i don't see anything i'm just feeling it spinning straight up into space and and I'm like, wow, this is really weird. And I'm just thinking about it. I'm not talking. I'm just thinking this and observing it. And I hear this voice say, there is no time. There's only now. And he repeated it a couple of times. Then it was, this is it. This is it. Over and over and over again. And I can't see anything. And I'm like, this is it, and I'm listening to him, and I'm I'm like, this is maybe 10 minutes or so, I I don't really know exactly, but it was for a while, and I finally just went, okay, I'm done, you know, I just, they pull me out, and so she pulls me out, and and I sat up, and she looks at me, and she goes, this is it, isn't it? I'm like, what? (laughs) I said, that's what this voice was saying, she could, and I, my, I made sure that I hadn't been speaking. She goes, "No, I didn't." You know, I said, "I just got the feeling this is it." I'm like, "It is." So anyway, to end the story, and you know, all of this is, this is it. There is no time. It's now. No tomorrow. No yesterday. It's only now. And so I called a friend of mine who's a very, is a psychic in. And I wanted to tell her what I came up with because she knew about my trip to Bryson. And, and uh, she goes, hey, I, I had a dream last night. Let me tell you about this dream. I get her on the phone, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. And she goes, these women were in my dream and they'd come up behind me and they'd put their hands up and something would explode or a, a big wave would crash into all these buildings or... A volcano would go off, or would be, and they just there was three or four, five different women, and they kept destroying things, and they kept saying the same thing. I said, "What were they saying?" And they, she goes, "This is it." I'm like, "Oh my god!" (laughs) I said, "Okay, this is all real." So, and I told her the story, and we're like, "This is crazy!" And of course, I told Terry about it, and she goes, "This is it." So, um, quite frankly. I, I, I know that I know nothing. <laughs> if right. I could quote Socrates, I, the bottom line is we need to live in the in now, right now. Yeah, well, because the story. power of now is now. It's a that's a great story. It.
0: Yeah. Great couple of stories with the orbs and the missing time and everything and the big message. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, thanks, thanks a lot, Marty. Appreciate
1: it. Take care.